0: All right, let's jump in. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and into ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Did everyone get uh, a handout of the prayers? Oh, good. <laughs> do we need any more copies of the suggested prayers? I think we need one. Yes, sir. Forrest, do you need one? Is that who it's for? I can't handle them. Well, so okay. I'll, I'll have a stack of things for you to go home with. Okay, thank you. If you want
1: to email me, you know, I can do most things on electronics.
0: Yes, we can do that. Was that for him yeah. or is it for Joshua? Okay. Oh, yeah. well, I need one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Does anyone have any questions about the reading? I realized as I, as I was looking through it. It was actually much longer than I realized. One half, part of it, going over all of the feasts, it like does an entry for every single feast. Did you all happen to get to? Do that? Excuse me. Did you all happen to get to read that? No. The the feasts. Yep. Yeah. We we read yeah
2: the
0: we yeah. And the yeah. Excuse me.
2: We didn't read through each each single one yet.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I highly encourage you all to read through it because uh, the, the class assumes that you're going to be reading it. Of course, there's no, there's no pen in here. Sorry. I'm taking
2: Wanted me to
3: tell you
0: she's not here because David is ill. So she's okay. There. No problem. So, uh, okay, so last week we discussed the layout of the church, church architecture, uh, sacraments of the church, uh, and today we are basically talking about the structure of the services and prayer. Um, who has been able to go to a service outside of the divine liturgy? What are those services? Basically Vespers. So, mm, who has been to a vigil before? No, you have been to a vigil before. So, vigil in the church, uh, We I think we talked about this last week, the, the ecclesiastical day starts in the evening, when the setting of the sun, right? So, when we, for example, for Pentecost, that we're going to have this upcoming weekend, the Saturday evening, Uh, We will start with Vespers on Saturday evenings. That's a great Vespers. Uh, The difference being basically uh, has a little bit more pomp to it. Uh, That's what I'll say in the easiest way. Uh, And the doors open and usually there's readings, uh, Old Testament readings that happen. Uh, Vespers service, uh, the outline of service uh, is what the book goes over. It kind of just tells you uh, what the outline of Vespers is vigil is vespers and then with matins are you guys familiar with these words vespers and matins at all uh vespers is basically evening service if you were to go to the catholic church i think lutherans uh anglicans i don't know if they'll say vespers or not because they have an evening service vespers is the evening service matins is the morning service but it's typical in the the russian church for us to do vigil for a feast as we go ahead and this happens all the time in monasteries instead of having you have the, the day laid out with hours, right? So if you wake up in the morning, uh, you can have matins and then you have first hour. Uh, you have third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour. These are historically would have been positioned throughout the day. This is actually drawn from the Old Testament. If you're reading through the book of Acts, or if you're reading the Psalms, they talk about like in the, in the morning in the middle of the day and at mm-hmm. noon, you know, I pray to God. That is the structure. There's basically set times in Judaism that you would pray to God. Are you, you might be familiar with this with something that's not Judaism or Christianity. You pray certain times a day. Islam, mm-hmm. right?
4: Five times a day, don't they? Five times, times a day, time. right?
0: Well, we have very similar, there's the, the times. Uh, you have, in the Orthodox Church, different books that have the basic set services. So the first hour, the structure of first hour is like the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. There's just little differences. So it commemorates different things. Uh, the, th- the sixth hour, I have to remember off the top of my head. Basically, the life of Christ. Like the third hour, if I remember correctly, like betrayed the sixth hour, crucifixion, ninth hour. Th- that is happening at the hours. I think it's a good practice if you can get your hands on it, or I can email it to you uh, for the first, third, sixth, ninth hour. Um, you can do that at the set times I think it's six a.m nine a.m twelve and then three uh, if you're thinking not as a, a Jew or a Roman <laughs> if you're reading the Gospels right it's like at the the fifth hour they did such and such right it's a little bit different uh, uh, if I remember correctly it's from the sunset or the sunrise is when they're they're making those uh, mm-hmm. hours as opposed to us yeah, from that was my seat <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, I, I highly suggest if you are able to, if you can punctuate your day, if you can do, if you have, you know, lunchtime and you've already done your morning prayers and you're looking for something to pray, you can always pray the Jesus prayer. You can pray, you know, the Chisagian prayers. Are you familiar with what the Chisagian prayers are? Okay. Look at your handout. Right now... This is a basic structure for morning prayers. What this is, and what I've handed out to you, and I'll send you a PDF of it, because I have it as a PDF. Um, This is what uh, I'm suggesting to you starting out praying. If you were to get a prayer book, I don't know if you happen to have yours on you. You did last night. Great.
4: Oh, I took it out and put it in my car, so I did it. That's fine.
0: Uh, Mine's at home. (laughs) So I highly suggest there's a particular prayer book that I suggest for you to get. It's from Saint Ticon's Press, STMpress.com. Uh, that's again, if you know we want like five of them, then I can do a bulk order and like get a discount. So if that's the case, let me know. If you're okay with doing this right now, this is fine. Uh, this is an edited form because those prayers, the morning and evening prayers are assumed as like a cell rule from a monastery. A cell rule means like the prayers that you do by yourself in the cell. Cell makes it sound like you're in jail. All that means is like your room, okay? (laughs) That nobody else is supposed to come into, okay? Uh, This is an edited form. The Chisagin prayers I was talking about is uh, basically uh, we don't do the whole Heavenly King right now because in between uh, ascension, basically from Pascha to Pentecost, the O Heavenly King is omitted from your morning prayers. During the paschal season, we say Christ is risen from the dead, the Traparion three times, and then we do Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Mortal, have mercy on us. Right now we're in this in-between state with the feast of ascension and Pentecost. So you actually go, you would say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you immediately go, Holy God, holy mighty, holy mortal, have mercy on us. Okay. If you noticed in the in the hours this morning, if you're here for the hours, you didn't hear Christ is risen, you didn't hear O Heavenly King. Mm-hmm. <coughs> We're going to get O oh Heavenly King back at uh, Vigil this upcoming Saturday, where we start singing it again and it comes back into our prayers. Uh, this is the basic form of the Shasagion, which is basically the Holy God, Holy Immortal, the Dox- Trinitarian Doxology, the All Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Uh, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Our Father, and then through the prayers of the Holy Fathers, the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. This is colloquially called the Shasagion prayers. Okay, uh, this you're going to hear this through all the services. It pops up at vespers. It's just kind of one of these like boilerplate things that we have structuring the services. I have a uh, question
4: about the vigil Wednesday, the, the with the bread and the mm-hmm. uh, the liturgy. La- yeah. yeah, that is that always at a vigil vigil. Is that always at a vigil? It's
0: not always at a vigil, but here we always do a vigil. because I love Well, and people, like some of these words, like the word vigil itself is a loose word, okay? So if you were to go to a Greek monastery, say you went to a convent in North Carolina, there's a Greek convent in North Carolina, and they did an all-night vigil, they would be doing vespers, matins, the hours, and they would probably throw in other things, and they do the full even like you're like oh vigil here is two hours that's really long we're cutting things (laughs) we're not doing everything because we're a parish and we're not a monastery Mm -hmm. uh but these services in and of themselves if you and i think i said this last time but i'm gonna i'm gonna you're gonna hear me say this a lot if you (laughs) want to know what the church thinks about something go to the hymnody it it will tell you exactly what the church thinks Mm -hmm. so as you're reading about the feast coming up uh, I need to print this out. And
4: the feast of the Ascension was Thursday the next morning, yes. correct? And you had a divine liturgy for that,
0: right? The feast starts at, at the, the vigil, ves- okay, at the vigil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what you have is the celebration of it for the evening, and then in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, you always have the divine liturgy. Now, if you do an all-night vigil, what they'll, they'll do is they'll do liturgy like really early in the morning.
4: And that's why they had the bread and why because the pre the monks would. So get that is hungry. just the
0: tea that is done for particular ranks. Throughout the year, we have great feasts, right? So we'll have, like, Ascension, we'll have Pentecost, we'll have the entrance of the Theotokos into the temple, uh, we'll have the the falling asleep the dormition of the Theotokos. We have great feasts. The great feasts are the feasts of our Lord and the feasts of Mary. Now, underneath of that, there is then a whole hierarchy of feasts. So, for example, if this church was named for John the Baptist, there's a lot of feasts for John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. We apparently lost his head a lot. So there's, like, a third finding of his head, a second finding of his head. Okay, uh, Persians. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the things about Orthodoxy. You get all the history on these rent-like aspects of, like, oh, the invasion of the Tatars in you know Crimea. <laughs> like, you there'll be a feast of uh, an icon being restored back to you know, or the translation of relics. Yesterday was the translation of relics. I forget a, a, a Russian uh, monastic saint. So, depending on where you're at in the world, here in North America, Saint Herman of Alaska. Mm-hmm. St. Tikhon, who served here in Alaska, St. Raphael of Brooklyn, St. Alexis Toth, who served in Minneapolis and Wilkesbury. <coughs> those will have, like, vigil rank or doxology rank. Uh, so there's, like, a hierarchy versus, like, random, I hate to say this, like, venerable uh, Tikhon of Kaluga, uh, who, uh, basically, he lived in a tree and was a, an ascetic and a, a monastic Uh he, he's not gonna get a vigil. Mm-hmm. If you were in Kaluga, guess what? And your or your church is named for him, you will do a vigil because that for you has Because mm-hmm. you can't the, the church is the uh, so many. you can't yeah. feast all the time just like you can't fast all the time. Yeah. Part of what the church does in forming us and why I'm talking about structure of services and all this these are the normative ways in which we, we get shaped ourselves, that we conform ourselves and are shaped by the services of the church. Mm-hmm. They teach us. They, uh, I mean, we do this. What happened in the French Revolution? I know that seems like a real hard right <laughs> turn right there, but what happened in the French Revolution? What did they do?
2: Guillotine.
0: They guillotine people. My Like, <laughs> Yes, we're on the track. We're on the, What else did they do?
3: They created metrics.
0: They, ca- they created metrics? Yeah. Yeah, so you're on the, you're, you're, you're getting closer where I'm going Perseputed what else did they Christians. do they persecuted Christians they, they, they made up new names for the months and the they made up new names for the months mm-hmm. they created own, their own calendar mm-hmm. they created a temple to reason yeah. they okay. changed the time the way you talk about time yeah. why do you do that yeah. and it's just like with the communists what did the communists do uh, when uh, Lenin died, you know you can still go see Lenin. You know where he is? He's in Red Square, right? And what does he look like?
4: Isn't he in a glass?
0: He's in a glass, glass case, case, because he's full of formaldehyde. But yeah. he's made to look like an incorrupt saint. Yeah. The whole thing, they, they knew what they, yeah, were, doing. they, knew what they so were doing. So in, in a traditional orthodox, like in Russia, before yeah. the revolution, you would go into a home, and the first thing before like greeting people, you go into the home, and you go and greet the icons, and then you talk to the people, right? It's completely different. There's yeah. a joke about uh, the Germans would help build a lot of stuff, engineers that the Russians would bring over to build stuff, right? And they would be so confused. The Germans would be watching them come into the house. they go over to the mantelpiece where there was a clock on it, and they would make the sign of the cross and bow to the clock. And the Germans were like, what are they doing? And then they're like, they think that's your god. The clock is your god. Because you do everything by the clock, like the German. (laughs) It's kind of a joke about Slavs and Germans, too, right? But like this idea in the French Revolution, they knew exactly what they needed to do. If we're going to destroy Christianity, we have to change time, we have to change uh, the calendar, and they have feast days for the revolution, right? You have all, like, all of these things are liturgical things.
3: Uh, Memorial Day,
0: this week, like, this is a liturgical act for America, just like July 4th is a liturgical act, right? uh the pardoning of the thanksgiving bird a thanksgiving like all of these things are like they're built in to reinforce who we are what aims are what we're doing what we're celebrating right we don't think like that because we're just so used to it and a lot of us as protestants or that background of just being in the miss mis- milieu we don't really see ourselves mm-hmm. but the reason why the church does all these things, is not just because it's ancient and those are all true, but it's it's what constitutes a people. We are governed by a different calendar. The church calendar is what we're, our lives are governed by. Uh, the services of the church are things that we go and we do the first thing that we're supposed to do, worship God. Uh, we will celebrate particular saints. Uh, we live through the life of Christ. We also then live through the life of Mary, who for us is... There's a lot of different ways in which the church kind of considers Mary. One of those ways that helps to make sense of this is Mary is the first Christian. She's the one who obeyed Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Who received him, and this is even Pauline language, right? Like, I want to birth Christ in you. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mary (laughs) birthed, literally birthed Jesus. So she's the great exemplar, right? Like, she is, I would say, like, our whole life as a Christian is a Marian position where we are saying, let your will be done, Right? Um, she's at the cross. She she just becomes, she's at, uh, for us, we have her at, uh, I think she's even, sorry, I'm to can I, do you see that book that says Hallelujah right there? It's that first one that's pretty, right there. Oh, this one. Sorry, I don't wanna, yep, yeah, yep, you had your hands on it. Can you just grab it for a second? Nope, nope. Sorry, right, I'll just grab it now. <laughs> Alright, so Ascension. Where's Mary? In the middle. She's in the middle. Why is she in the middle? She's the, she's the Mother of God. Okay, there's that. She's also, she's like the image of the church. This is the church, right? Even though, like the question is, uh, she's at Pentecost too. She's at the at the one, she's at the, t- usually if she's, if there's this kind of image of like all of them enthroned, she's at the top, receiving the Holy Spirit. Sometimes she's not in the icon, sometimes she is. This just welcome to. Tradition is not this kind of like cookie-cutter thing that you just stamp and everything is exactly the same. There's always little tiny variations. Um, This is actually from the Holy Ascension Church down in Charleston. If you're ever in Charleston, go visit Holy Ascension uh, because it's a beautiful temple. Uh, One day we'll build something like that. Um, So my point in all of this is our lives, and it takes time to get into... The groove and understanding and living the life of the church. Uh, this is why we have fast and we have feasts. Because mm. Americans were used to just feasting all the time. Like we really don't have a time where we're not feasting. We just feast a little bit harder, right? Uh, but if you're going, most of the world and historically, right, like eating meat was like a big deal. We eat meal meat at every single meal, and if we don't have it, we think that we're depriving ourselves mightily. Uh, it our just perspective as 21st century Americans is just crazy historically speaking so the the church in doing this sanctifies us it sanctifies time it gives a rhythm to our life as so it's uh, something's going to govern and give us rhythm right it's either going to be the world or our job or our desires or the weekend or whatever and that's where we get meaning from so the church uh, has set services uh, there's a history to all of those services, I don't really feel like we need to go into a deep dive history of those things, because this is catechism, right? This is me introducing things and concepts and words and ideas that you may have thought about some, but or might some of the stuff might be brand new. I highly suggest... Can you just
4: explain op- why Easter is different from the tradition? That was one of the biggest things for me when I first converted. It was like, why is our Easter has a different, a different week?
0: I don't remember the reasoning I'm just being honest Uh, there is a reason and it has to do with the timing of Passover and how the the first (laughs) Ecumenical council actually is the one that solidified because there's debate amongst the church uh, when we should celebrate Pascha Mm Pascha is one of the earliest feasts of the okay, church. that's why I was um, But I don't remember the exact thing. There's but all it sorts goes of articles.
4: back hi, through history, right? That we celebrated at the right time, that Orthodox celebrate Pascha at the right time. Or is there, not really?
0: Uh, a right there's time? all sorts of debate about this. So, and a lot of it has to do with calendars themselves. Okay. So if you look at Christianity and you're like, Orthodox Church, a lot of them are on a different calendar. The Russian Church is on a different calendar. The OCA is on, they call it the New Calendar. Uh, ah, oh, this is because calendars, if you've ever like studied calendars, and I'm not a great aficionado of mm-hmm. calendars, I'm just telling, ta- like, how do you measure time mm-hmm. without needing to adjust it every once in a while? Because over time, why do we have I a leap, leap day? Year. Yeah, okay, right, yeah, like we have a leap day know. because we need to capture time, capture time that we're not actually getting, right? Uh, that sounded weird. You know what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> Accounting for it, so we have yeah. to yeah. fit it in there somewhere. So, there have been older calendars. If you were to look before Christianity... you see
4: <coughs> Julius Caesar's time. Right. So, if
0: you were to look before Christianity uh, and you look at Jewish mm-hmm. literature, do you know what they're arguing about massively during the Second Temple Jewish time? Do you know what Second Temple Judaism, what that means? It's like, the, if you grew up Protestant, you heard about the time when the church, that the, 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 like God was silent for like 400 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nobody else thinks that. (laughs) God was not silent. Uh, There is a sense in which the prophets kind of ended and there's a time where they're waiting. uh, Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they weren't writing things. Maccabees was written, the Enoch literature, there's all sorts of stuff that was written. And guess what is the major theme that they're arguing about the entire time? What would matter mightily to a Jew time wise?
4: When the Messiah is
0: coming. So, when the Messiah is coming, when is the Day of Atonement? Yeah. When do we need to go, when does the high priest need to go in sacrifice. and atone for our sins? Yeah. Well, if you start changing the calendar, guess what happens? Yeah.
4: Messes everything. Yeah, do, you kn-
0: <laughs> like, do you know, are we it? doing the day of atonement yeah. correctly? Like, this matters a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, you also had multiple temples and like people, like, so mm-hmm. there's nothing new into the sun even for Christianity where there's like debates about when things are supposed to happen and all of this. And you can find debates about this to this day because the Orthodox Church, some of the churches changed to a, quote, new calendar, uh, and like the Russian church and the Serbian church did not change their calendar. So there's like debates about this stuff if you get on the internet, which I don't really suggest you spend massive amounts of time on the internet. Um, All of this, this structure is to help structure your prayer. How did you learn or what did you think about prayer? Did most of you grow up Protestant you, you you didn't grow up anything, right? Right. But you were been you grew up around here, is that right? No. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So Lutherans and Catholics. You would have been surrounded by that, basically. No? I mean at school. That's cool. Okay. So prayer was something did any of you have s- struggle with prayer? Yeah. No, you yeah. not Yeah. You're trying to pray. And you have to, like, come up with stuff to pray. Right? So how long do you pray? You read about people having, like, devotional time and prayer time. Quiet time. Quiet time. time. (laughs) And it's like, I can eke two minutes out here. Or it's it's like, I'm in a pinch, I'm a jam, a girl broke my heart. Now I'm going to pray for five minutes. (laughs) But how do you structure your prayer? How do you you actually pray? The church gives us uh, the ability... To learn how to pray. That's why we have structured prayer. This is not vain repetition. Mm -hmm. If you think of Jesus where you have, uh, you know, Protestants who might come into a service and like, You say the Lord have mercy all the time. You repeat the same things over and over again. Well, if you go to most Protestant services, I'm sorry to tell you, but they repeat the same things over and over again too. Uh, Guess what? I say the same things to my kids all the time. Uh, I say I love you to my wife. Often, right? Does that mean less because I say it multiple times? There is a reality of repetition is, we all know this, and we say this in every aspect of our life except for church. (laughs) Repetition is like, that's how you learn something, right? Mm -hmm. Memorization is like, well, it used to be the gold standard, right? You want to memorize stuff. And at a point, you'll start having these things memorized. Uh, It is better to have a good rhythm of prayer and this is why I'm giving you morning prayers right so morning prayers this is the basic structure you do your chasagian prayers you do some morning prayers you have a prayer to the holy trinity you do the creed and hopefully by the time that you are received you won't even need to look at the creed i will give you especially you know the creed if you're being baptized just so that you don't there's something about being on the spot and saying, like, do the creed. That you're like, I believe, I know I believe, but I, you know, so I'll give it to you. But you should be able to, with other people, It just, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Or that pre-communion prayer, I believe, O Lord, and I confess, Thou art truly the Christ, the Son of the living God. Those will be things that, over time, you start learning them, and you just get it. Uh, this is part of that repetition. Uh, a prayer of St. Basil the Great, and then a prayer at the beginning of the day, and then some private prayers. There's something, I always get this question when people start coming into orthodoxy and starting to do the prayers of the church, that they feel like they have to do the prayer book and that's it. And so their life before, they might have had a a decent prayer life beforehand. Um, I'm not trying to disparage people when I'm talking about this is typical out there, right? I'm glad that people call on the name of Jesus and say that he's the son of God, etc. I don't mean to disparage Protestants. It's just there's a lot more tools in the toolbox and tradition gives us a lot and we would be foolish to overlook it. Um, But you need uh, to have the structure Mm -hmm. in order to be able to have the heart that goes with it. Mm -hmm. Does that mean every single morning you wake up and you are like on fire for God and just like your heart is pouring out to him every single morning when you do your morning prayers? I, uh, that would be awesome that's just not the way it is I
4: carry mine with me like even to work and I pull it out at different times And th- I have never really gotten into the prayer book but I tell you it really there are amazing prayers in there yeah. and the Lord will use one he'll draw your heart to one and it's just like man that's just
0: so this is why getting to know your prayer book not just morning evening yeah, prayers I, and you get a prayer book there's going to be like prayers before using the internet uh, a prayer like learning the prayers before eating right mm-hmm. uh learning thanksgiving prayers uh being able to be familiar with like a canon of repentance or an akathist, Uh but these prayers what uh, we have is the church forming us uh, and us being able to learn how to pray because mm-hmm. the disciples themselves when they ask jesus teach me how, teach me how, to, pray. how to pray jesus gives them the our father yeah. right oh. it is always if you were to go before uh, the advent of our Lord, and you go to the Jews, do you think the Jews were just ad-libbing prayers? They were not ad-libbing prayers. They had learned prayers from their parents, from their childhood, and they repeated those prayers. The Shema, right? Believe, O Israel, like the Lord your God is one. That's the things that they would repeat. Uh, Can you do those in, in a vain repetition? Yes, you can just say things. You can say that as a protestant too <laughs> with just making ad-libbing prayers which nobody really actually ad-libs everyone just copies each other so it is helpful to have prayers to form you to know how to pray okay uh start it is better if this is too much now none of you have well besides, of course there's not children around right this shouldn't be too hard for you right Families, especially if you're trying to get your children to pray, this might be the extent or like pushing the boundaries. And my family, when we do prayers with our kids, we sing basically three things. We sing, Oh, Heavenly King, when it's time, or we sing Christ is Risen, or whatever the appropriate uh, is. Uh, we, sing the, we sing the angel cried through all of Pasco. That's the hymn for the Theotokos uh, right after the consecration. The angel cry to the light. You know what I'm talking about now? For those who've been around for the past few <laughs> months. Uh, the, or we do uh, Virgin Theotokos. Basically like um, Hail Mary full of grace, but and put to music and something that we have memorized. Uh, we do Oh Heavenly King, Our Father, and then Hindu uh, Theotokos. That's what we do with our kids. Because otherwise chaos, and it's just
4: their attention span <laughs> yeah they just can't do it
0: they know how to sing and i suggest that too if you if you are somebody who can sing if you can learn some of these things to sing it this is also something you don't say in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen glory to thee our god glory to thee oh heaven that's not typically how we do prayers what we usually do is glory to thee our god glory to thee O heavenly king the comfort of the spirit of truth who art to present and fill all things Treasure of blessings and giver of life come and abide there's a kind of like kind of yeah. chantiness mm-hmm. to it uh some of this is uh there's something about sing-songy mm-hmm. aspect of that that helps you memorize mm-hmm. things and it helps things move along uh it just gets into your head easier it's also just when people read like the way I was starting to read, like, Our Father, who art in heaven, everyone goes, does that in a different way.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I get to emphasize the things that I want to emphasize. Hallowed be thy name. Instead of, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It just, like, kills the personality. Now, you might be like, Oh,
3: my personality.
0: <laughs> no, you don't, you... <laughs> That, that's not the point. The point is that everybody can pray with you, especially when you... I also suggest, this might be something, do this out loud.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because a lot of the times, I'm sure, your prayer before, it was this internal, interior thing. That's the quickest way to go to sleep, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also, if, if you... Um, Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, he talks about, uh, pay attention to reading the scripture. And when he says that, in the ancient world, nobody read silently. They didn't sit there like we do and do this they always read aloud <laughs> uh, augustine was floored when he saw ambrose reading silently to himself because it was so abnormal mm. uh, it was also the fact of the epistles like that were passed around it wasn't like me mailing it to sebastian saying this is my private correspondence with you no it would be like, I give a thing to a Sebastian, and now, I I might be talking to Sebastian and say, he's Titus, right? I'm just talking about Titus. I need you, you're going to be the minister, and you're going to take care of things, etc. But everyone in the church would know what is being said to Titus, to Sebastian, because mm-hmm. it was read publicly. Uh, I would also suggest, in as I'm talking to scripture with morning, evening prayers, Starting to get to the practice, and that might be a good point where it says enter, you know, your own prayers, to do the gospel and epistle for the day. Uh, I suggest, I believe we still have the calendar for the rest of the year. I think I can ask Deacon where we put those. So if you don't have an Orthodox calendar, you can always go online. I always like analog for this stuff just a little bit better because as soon as you get online, I don't know about you, but it's five minutes before you remember what you actually even got on there for. Unfortunately, uh, if you get a calendar that has all of the scripture readings and it has the saint, the major saint who's being commemorated that day. I also suggest if you have the time outside of your prayers to read the life of the saint, whoever that is, for that day. The next time we get together, I'll be giving out uh, an essay by uh, Saint Justin Popovich, uh, which is about the lives of the saints. Or if you want, I could just email it to you if you'd prefer to have it PDF. Uh, what he just talks about, why we read the lives of the saints. Um, this is a way to be able to start to get your mind inside of the church and having the church actually shaping how you think. The church is going to shape what you eat, <laughs> mm-hmm. the church is going to shape your time, the church is going to shape what your means are like, what you're directed towards, what the goal of your life is. This is part of that churching process. And the catechumenate, I know I'm sometimes repetitious with this, but again, repetition is how we learn things, right? This is how we get shaped and get initiated into the church and have the church actually affect us. Yes?
2: When you suggested that we possibly sing the prayers, if we can, Mm -hmm. um, you're distinguishing that from chanting, right?
0: I am distinguishing that from chanting. So if we want to
2: sing, are there already... Oh, yeah. Melodies written. Oh,
0: heavenly king, the comforter, the spirit of truth, who art everywhere and fillest all things, treasury of blessings and giver. Right, like, okay, okay. I, being turned to Christ, you should be able to get this stuff yeah. quickly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where would we find we'll those find
0: versions? Just to practice. <laughs> Email me and I'll send you resources. <laughs> okay. Uh, and honestly, sometimes if you just get on the old YouTube and you're like, oh, heavenly king, and you put like, all right. There's different forms. If we are at St. George, the Greek Church down in Knoxville, they do things Byzantine chant style. Okay. okay, so they don't do it in the way a lot of the stuff that we do here is called obihod which was from the uh, the Russian court actually. Uh, if there's some of the stuff that we do is actually from like Kiev Lavra, from uh, Kiev, uh, there are certain things that would be like old Russian chant. Uh, if you have ever found the monastery at Monastery that's in Russia, they do like Russian-style Greek chant, like Byzantine chant, Mm -hmm. or Athenite chant. Um, If all these words are just like, whew, you don't need to worry about this stuff. It's just, the church has, if we're in Romania, there'll be like 15 different versions of ways to do things. There's different melodies, there's special melodies. Uh, These are all things, as you get deeper into the life of the church, uh, you might notice that our anaphora changes and we do different settings of the anaphora. So, Uh, We always sing, though, A Heavenly King. We go, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. The Obicode is that same melody. You would hear that for, uh, you remember Pascha? Thy resurrection, O Christ our Savior, the the angels in Mm -hmm. heaven sing. We sang that last night at the Apostica, but not in that melody, but the same Mm -hmm. words. Because it's from... I'm remembering correctly, I think it's tone six. Every week is governed by a tone. All right, so there's structure on structure on structure in Orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. Because it's also part, like you have, I'm sure that you feel our services are complicated. Do they seem really complicated to you? Good. I'm glad that like there is a structure. You just have to be able to see it. I can't and once even you keep see up it, with it. What the dumps? What do, I I highly they I,
4: sing what when where. Right.
0: Well, and a lot of that is just it's impossible unless you're I tried with
4: following along with the book.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what, what we work. have is we have the basic structure. We have like a skeleton. Vespers is always this. I can't give you. Yeah. There's handouts. The OCA website has the basic like this is what Vespers is. I actually highly suggest. I don't think you have to do this now, but, you know, as you soak in orthodoxy over the next few years, I suggest memorizing the basic structure of some of the services,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, even giving it to yourself as like a kind of a te- like a, a challenge, just like memorizing psalms. It is a very good thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Memorizing certain forms of scripture and, and drawing on that, especially when you are experiencing certain temptations or trials. Uh, I mean, Psalm 23... I'm sure mm-hmm. if you grew up in Protestant circles, that's like the song. It's an awesome song, And if you actually think about it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he move me beside still water. The fathers have an incredible interpretation of that. Like it, the cup running over, uh, the table being like spread out for me, like the Eucharist, like mm-hmm. they have this whole, they interpret it sacramentally and, and ecclesially. Um, but I learned a lot in memorizing the basic structure. Some of that was also having to go to seminary, and if you're going to like be ordained, you you need to know where you are at yeah. in the service. Uh, it really helps to know where you're at. I
4: think it's just part of my teacher be, being a teacher. I like to know where I'm at, and I don't feel like I know where I'm at. It yep. frustrates me sometimes. I understand
0: uh, the variable stuff. That's just going to be hard because it's yeah. always changing. That's not really true. Every year it's going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's another year until you <laughs> evolving. Same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there is some evolving. Uh, I wouldn't use that word per se because revolving. next year at, there you go revolving, revolving. there you so go things. but there is, evo- it is evolution in the sense of like there are saints that are on the calendar now when I became Orthodox were not on the calendar
3: mm-hmm.
0: they, I was reading about them hi Ellen. yes I'm still here St. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saint Porphyrios St. Saint Paisios Saint uh, Sophroni, now, like you have these saints that I was reading about them when the, before they were, they were canonized by the church, mm-hmm. uh, but I was reading their lives or their sayings or their teachings, and now they're all, they're, everyone that I just met is canonized. So there is evolution, or like certain days become popular, but uh, I have a commemoration, like I have a special devotion to Sophroni and Silouan because they're basically what pushed me over the edge in becoming Orthodox. Mm-hmm. Um I highly suggest as we're talking about prayer, uh this is the hard work of the church actually is prayer. Prayer is there is something uh good and pleasing and something that draws us out of us, but it's also hard. Mm-hmm. Discipline. Yeah, you need the discipline, uh and the discipline is as important as the heart in the sense of like mm-hmm. you're never going to just like get up every single time uh, or go to bed and do these prayers Mm -hmm. and everything is going to feel awesome this this is one of the things I think the church teaches that's very kind of different than our culture I hear this the right way it doesn't really matter how you feel
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm not saying your feelings don't matter this is just like in a marriage like does it Mm -hmm. matter how like there's ups and downs in marriage Mm -hmm. you're going to go through hard times the other person is going to make you hopping mad at certain points. Uh, or they might disappoint you. Or you wish the thing that you thought they were going to change, and you realize at some point they're never going to change. <laughs> That's just their personality. Like, this is the same in like the spiritual life. There are certain things, certain uh, sins that we might wrestle with, that we might get some movement on. Another thing is that it's like... <clears throat> Paul with that thorn in his side. There are things that are given to us for our humility uh, that plague us so that we seek him out. So it is good to have the rhythm of morning prayers and evening prayers. It is better to have the discipline and do them uh, with the aim of like actually truly praying here. But there's going to be dry seasons and they might be long times, long periods, and that's Okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. I think in other circles you're told like, if you don't feel it all the way, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. No, you're a human being. Feelings change. Yeah, yeah. feelings change. And yeah. like, you might have had, I don't know, indigestion. Uh, you think it's like you have a real like, pro, you know something's wrong, but it's just like you need to eat something
3: because
0: <laughs> you're hungry or like you're over jazzed on caffeine. And so you're like, why am I stressed out? Stop drinking four cups of coffee in the morning, right? Um, so is there any questions about prayer or prayer rule I I have linked in the syllabus uh, I was going to print it out but I, I can only print out so much and I don't want to just reams of papers and just hand you stuff the homilies by St. Theophon the recluse if you just googled like homilies on prayer by St. Theophon uh, I highly recommend those homilies they're not long when I say not long, they're like three pages of homily, like if you print it, if you print out. Can you so email us this? Because I
4: won't. They're in the it.
0: syllabus. Oh, okay. So in the they're, they're linked in there. Uh, I need to start putting the link to the syllabus every time. Uh,
4: I don't think you sent.
0: The you syllabus sent has this. been sent on the weekly email.
4: Oh,
0: okay. Uh, I need to get. I think I had. Do I have everybody's email? Yes, I do. I will. I can sit now. I don't have Forrest, but you you're, you're going to email me, right? Okay. Uh, I will send out the ca- the the um, syllabus again because I have hyperlinks on I just everything. So many emails. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah,
4: That's, I probably missed it.
0: So uh, and I think it only went out once or twice. It needs to be be sent again. Uh, I highly recommend those. Um, the year and the liturgical year is something that I now look forward to. I think of August. I think of the Dormition Fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, end of June, I think of uh, the Feast of Peter and Paul, uh, that in being in rhythm with the church, like right now, I look forward to Pentecost, and I know, and it's in, it's um, reinforced uh, by the prayers that I don't have a Heavenly King. Uh, that when Lent comes, like we have all these Sundays before Lent <laughs> to say, like, it's Lent's coming, Lent's coming, Lent's coming. Then we're in Lent, and we're doing the prayer of St. Ephraim, and we're doing all these prostrations, and there's a, a serious spiritual effort in that. And then there's the joy of Pascha. And then we have like weeks of, you know, celebrating Pascha. And then we kind of have, I would say, kind of normal time. There's the Apostles' Fast. So, what, let me just ask this what are the four fasts of the church? We have four major fasts
2: Lent, Lent, fast. Lent.
0: Christmas. So, the Nativity Fast or Christmas Fast. There's two more. The fast of Peter and Paul. Pa- the, fast, the apostles, the fast, apostles fast. fast. You can call it Peter and Paul fast, too. Yeah. There's one more.
3: Dormition.
0: Dormition, Dormition. fast. So this is like spring, uh, early summer with the apostles fast. It basically happens, I believe, if I remember correctly, the w- uh, a week after Pentecost, it, it starts up after All Saints, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and then we have Dormition, which starts August 1st to August 15th. August 15th is the Dormition of the Theotokos. Uh, we have then the Exaltation of the Cross. If you were to look, I, you really should read Father Thomas Hopko's uh, explanations. We have September 8th, the Nativity of the Birth of Mary, uh, the Exaltation of the Cross, which is uh, Helen, Constantine's mother, finding the cross in uh, Jerusalem. Uh, then you have November 21st the presentation of Theotokos to the temple it's where Mary was presented into the temple Uh, December 25th of course is Christmas January 6th is Theophany or Epiphany the baptism of Christ February 2nd is the meeting of (coughs) Christ in the temple uh, which this is from the Gospel of Luke uh, with um, Simeon and Anna uh, who have been waiting there at the temple for the Messiah to come Uh, you have the Annunciation Right, uh, which is always March 25th. Why is Annunciation always March 25th?
3: When
2: Mary would have become, well, it's like when we celebrate the um, Immaculate Conception.
0: Nope, not Immaculate Conception, just the Annunciation.
2: Okay. Oh well. Immaculate don't Conception visit, is not.
0: It doesn't. Is not referencing Christ. Okay. And we which don't have the visit. Immaculate Conception. Okay, that's Catholic. Does that. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know then. <laughs>
0: but you're close in getting it to, to
2: the angel visiting?
0: Right. It's March twenty fifth because what happens nine months later?
2: Oh, oh, right.
0: Christ. The birth. So it's always March twenty fifth because you have naturally
4: uh oh, I never thought about
0: that. Two term, so right? Yeah. yeah. Nine months. Nine months. Right. So uh, we have the Transfiguration of Christ, which happens on August 6th. The This is all, these dates, these are always the dates that they happen. The Pascha is on its own calendar, mm-hmm. so it moves around. Next year, the the gap between Western Easter and Pascha is gonna be like five weeks mm-hmm. or something, it's, it's massive. Uh, that is because the Roman Catholic Church adopted a new, a different calendar in the 1800s if I remember correctly so they're on a different calendar than we are. Did you have a question for us? I had
1: a question about uh, going back you you asked if we had questions about prayer. Yep. Um, So I I haven't learned uh, much of any of the Orthodox prayers yet but um, are there in prayer are they standardized word-for-word word prayers? Yes. And are there also prayers that are situational?
0: Or, you yep. Know? So there's written prayers for situations of, uh, of particular temptations, trials. Like when I go make a hospital visit, somebody is about to do surgery, there's a prayer that's written for that. There's also extemporaneous prayer. You are free to mm-hmm. extemporaneously pray. This is not a, like, now you must cease and never pray on your own. It's that the written prayers are things, they're like guidelines. They help us form how to pray. It's like the Psalter. The Psalter is the Jewish prayer book, right, or hymn book. And that is something that we also have a schedule for how we pray through the Psalms. If you wanted to incorporate the Psalms, there's different ways to pray. But yes, there are different, in the prayer book, they'll have different, say, for example, you were pregnant. There is prayers for expecting mothers. There are there's a whole cycle actually once childbirth of naming uh, prayers for the child, uh, etc. Okay. so there
1: there is prayer that is you use the word extemporaneous, not quite sure I understand what that means. Extemporaneous
0: just means like um you kind of make it up as um, yes.
1: On the spot. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I was
0: asking. Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, I would also say another form of prayer in the Orthodox Church is like the Jesus Prayer yes. which is uh, sure, it doesn't have to be the Jesus Prayer but Jesus Prayer is kind of the go-to for Orthodox. There's other short, uh, repetitious prayers that we do. Um, this is early in the Fathers. Uh, early, they would, instead of the Jesus Prayer, they would have said uh, like, "Make uh, Lord make haste to help me, which is just quoting one of the Psalms. So uh, I highly recommend. There are all sorts of talks about the Jesus Prayer. There's books about the Jesus Prayer. We have them in here if you want to read about it. Um, but so the idea is to learn how to pray and to pray often. Uh, many times the ideal is kind of that you're kind of always in prayer. That your your heart can be praying even if you're engaged with talking and being with other people.
1: Can I ask about the, the Jesus prayer? Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know what that was until maybe a couple of weeks ago. I, I randomly heard someone say something. I said, what is the Jesus prayer? I looked it up on Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Uh, is, that, uh, is that something that you should, you should be said aloud?
0: It can definitely be said aloud. It doesn't have to be said aloud. Okay. But it, especially when you're starting out, a lot of the advice from the fathers is that you do it audibly. Because it's very easy, when you do something not audibly, to just daydream <laughs> just float it off. <laughs> You're like, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, I'm like, oh, that bill is due. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something about, I think the Father also, there's something about saying things, like reading aloud, that is like owning something in a very different way than just yeah. saying it internally. It doesn't mean don't do it, it's mm-hmm. just, there's a lot of advice to do it out loud. You hear yourself. It's like an affirmation with your entire being, instead of mm-hmm. just an internal affirmation. It's
2: like becoming accountable to the space around you.
0: Yep, kind of like confession. <laughs> like you're literally owning something. Yeah, the sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. this is why I have a lot of people that say like, oh, you like, why well, do I don't have to confess in front of a priest? And like, well, we should always be confessing to God our sins and like being accountable but there is a sacramental reality because actually confession is a (laughs) ecclesial act it's a church act it is because sin creates division even and this is very you know we'd think oh my sin doesn't affect anybody else absolutely it does Mm -hmm. uh if you want to use sin as like a pollution it's like a you you we are spreading and it affects us even sins that we think are not affecting anyone else but ourselves Mm -hmm it absolutely affects the way that we interact with other people in
1: that that special aspect you can see it in the Old Testament with the offerings for communion they had this sense of sin like polluting in some way in a real
0: way the world when, when don't touch the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. or you die Yeah, right. Uh, the sin of Achan if I remember correctly the earth swallows Achan and his family mm-hmm. because they have uh, made Israel impure because they have stuff that they stole that they weren't supposed to have uh, this is re- reading Old Testament scripture uh, and thinking about how orthodoxy and you need to do this with guidance but uh, if you were to revisit the Old Testament I'm sure you'll be like oh so for example I was at the monastery this past week up in West Virginia and uh, after the liturgy we processed over to the new church that they're building and we sealed into the wall I didn't Metropolitan Nicholas did Uh uh, relics into the east wall of the church with all sorts of prayers it was like 40, another 45 minutes I, nobody told me that's what we were doing <laughs> and then it's like the sun beating down on you And it was fine it was great it was glorious but it was also really long um, and it was a hierarchical liturgy outside of that so if you think our divine liturgy here like this morning is long just wait till a bishop comes and add another hour Um but we really do believe that there is a presence that there are like we have relics we believe that the 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 saint is present with us in a particular way if you read the book of acts this the the shadow i believe peter Peter. heals people right they have napkins Mm -hmm. going around that have touched the the woman with the issue of blood who touches the hem of Jesus' garment and he feels the power go out from him that's the way that scripture talks uh there is no sense in which god has vacated the world and we're just kind of <laughs> our own living moral lives like god is present god uh is also uh mediated to us through his friends there is uh that the apostles are given the power to go out and cast demons, right? That they, they are given that authority by Christ. So that Moses is able to do the things that he does, that he has a staff, that, like, all of these things, which we, I think, in America, we just kind of grow up with a secularism that there's not the presence of God or, like, um, mediation, but everything is mediated to us. And by mediated, I mean, like, yes, we have a direct line to God, but... That's not the only thing. we're surrounded by his presence, and it's mediated through angels, like he's mm-hmm. surrounded by angels. We have an angel that's assigned to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be named for a saint, or we have a saint mm-hmm. that we call on them that we have as a It's basically the image that I think of a lot. when you think tip of a typical like Protestant church and their approach to God, it's kind of an empty white space and you kind of close your eyes just the phenomenology of the experience of it you close your eyes and you kind of pray internally and there's like this direct line straight to God and there's nothing else, it's just blank it's just empty orthodoxy is like the exact inverse of that You go into a church and it's like got stuff everywhere. (laughs) There's depictions of angels and saints, their heads getting cut off and like, like (laughs) bone, like literal bones and like body parts that are like behind glass, of course, (laughs) or like sealed in wax. But you, you, there's, you can still smell that church has happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a fire, there's fire literally around in the oil, like you're burning oil. It's like going into the Old Testament temple. Mm -hmm. And all of those things mediate the presence of God. Because God is also multifaceted. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge with that kind of blankness, it's really easy to make God in your own mm-hmm. image in that way. Uh, it is really easy to just kind of pray to your emotions. It is really easy to also feel really alone. <laughs> because if God pulls away, or you pull away, then it's just nothing. There's nothing. And then orthodoxy is like, no, 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 you're surrounded. Like, the mother of God, she's going to protect you. Like, your guardian angel. You have prayers of the guardian angel. I don't think I have it. I didn't make it into that, but like... Uh, you're going to come in and you're going to venerate the icons and you're going to ask for the prayers of the three hierarchs St. Basil, St. John Chrysostom, or St. Seraphim the Sarov, or St. Elizabeth the New Martyr, or Elizabeth the Mother of John the Baptist, or etc., etc., etc. All of these people, this host, and some of them are going to become really important to you and are going to reflect in your prayer life. Like, I was baptized in the name Maximus from Maximus the Confessor, and he's still one of those that I go to regularly. I was, my father named me Dan, Daniel for Daniel the prophet, so when I was ordained, I went back to Daniel. I kind of reclaimed the name that I was given at my childhood, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Maximus and Daniel are the saints that I go to a lot. I pray to the three hierarchs a lot. Um, three hierarchs John the Baptist, uh, I said John the Baptist, huh? John, Chrysostom, uh, Basil the Great, and Gregory the Theologian. There are, you will develop a relationship with these saints, uh, and it is meet and right, it is good. Read the lives of the saints. There's a lot of 20th century saints that I highly recommend. Uh, We'll talk about some of this here in a few weeks. Is there any questions as we come to the end about kind of the structure of services or the feasts of the church or the fasts of the church? I highly recommend, if you're like wondering what the Nativity of Mary the Theotokos is, go and read the entry that Father Thomas Hopko has. Uh, and if you want, if you want to know more about it, then I can send you the hymnody, and you can then read some of the hymnody. You also see how they read Scripture. The hymns show you how the Church sees Mary as the Ark of the Covenant, sees Mary as, and reads and sees her through those lenses. Uh, because it's a drenched kind of scriptural matrix that we are in prayer and services uh, living in. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. Any questions? I have
4: one question about the guardian angel. Uh-huh. Is That's the first I've heard of that. So, I mean, as Catholic, I grew up, you know, with oh yeah, the, we have a guardian have angel. A guardian. Is that guardian angel been with us since birth?
0: So there's or some dispute when? in the church or, like, uh, dispute. So we're, we're kind of like the Jews, and what I mean by that is, like, if... In a synagogue, basically, it's a bunch of people sitting around arguing about Torah, right? Mm-hmm. This is the same in orthodoxy. Like, we sit around and we are, like, this isn't the only thing that we do. I'm just saying, like, it is a living, breathing tradition where it will be like, well, St. Gregory the theologian says, da da da, da. Oh, really? That's interesting because Basil says it like this, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not saying they disagree with each other, but they might have different emphases. And a times we might actually find gasp. Guess what? The fathers don't always agree with each other about every single mm-hmm. thing down to an iota. That's also what tradition, like, it's not this textbooky. just kind of everybody just repeats the same things, they'll have different emphasis. So there's a little bit of debate, because in the baptismal service, it says an angel of light, like, assigned, like, is assigned at baptism. So some in the church will say, you get an angel, a guardian angel, when you're baptized. And that's whether you understand
4: it or not, yeah, of course. Okay.
0: We don't have this idea that you have to understand things for things to happen to you. Because I think that's actually human, right? Like, Mm -hmm. all sorts of people, you get married, and you think that you know what you're doing, (laughs) and then you don't, right? You think that you know what this job that you're getting into, or you think that you know what you're doing getting into the Orthodox Church. Trust me, you don't understand it yet. Give it 10 years, and then you'll be like, I'm just now starting to wrap my head around it, right? I'm 15 years in just about, and I'm still, almost every feast, there's some, like, facet of that feast. I'm like like what <laughs> i just didn't see that before mm-hmm. and for whatever and it's been there the whole time i just yeah. and now it's really strong and it's what i need at that time that's kind of the beauty of of this repetition is that it's never in some senses is never exhausted because there's so many angles to it's it like
2: every time you read a verse of
0: scripture yeah scripture is, con- it is living breathing living. and it affects us mm-hmm.
2: Is the belief that one is assigned a guardian angel even true in Protestant baptism as long as, as it was Trinitarian?
0: Yes. Okay. So, I mean, there's some of the churches that say that it's just everyone has a, a guardian angel period.
4: Mm-hmm. I believe so it because I, I, can maybe, I can even... There's all, all sorts of stories incident. about guardian angels. Yeah, I can give you a specific incident in Texas where I, I, sw- I sw- it looked like a cowboy but, but <laughs> I, mean, I can tell you because I was way out in the middle of nowhere and you know there's times when they can come in different I
0: mean you know, scripture talks about angels yeah. uh, you know coming unawares yeah, yeah, and we're right, supposed yeah. to be ready yeah. to entertain oh, them kind of like yeah. Abraham and mm-hmm. Sarah right yeah. uh, I'll tell you one story and then we can stop with prayer there is a uh, mother Emiliana I believe she's in Maryland uh, she was not Orthodox. She didn't know anything about Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. Do you remember there was a concert? I think it was in Oklahoma where like a bunch of speakers fell on people and like some people died. This is years ago now. It's probably twenty years ago. Um, she was one of those ladies who like the like this huge sound system just fell on people at a concert. Mm-hmm. She was crushed, but she was saved, and she saw her guardian angel. If I'm remembering the story correctly, she also saw. Uh, Elder emilianos, who was amanathos. Uh she ne- like she didn't know anything about orthodoxy oh my
3: <laughs>
0: she su- saw him mm-hmm. just like in as like she was like thinking she's dying basically because mm-hmm. she's being crushed under all this stuff she's saved she's rebuilt like everything but she's like who was this and finally she discovers who it is mm-hmm. and she becomes orthodox she's actually mm-hmm. an abbess of a monastery now mm-hmm. but there are these stories of, you know, the intercession. He was living at the time. He was not dead. He just recently died, like, two or two, three years ago. So, of prayer from somebody halfway across the world, mm-hmm. like, interacting with and saving mm-hmm. somebody, and their angel. There's all sorts of stories of folks being able. Uh, I think a lot of us, we're really dead to spiritual realities because we're just dead. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Period. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We, we are carnal, we are, like, mm-hmm. we're just, we're not paying attention. And we're also just inundated in our world with nothingness. So, of course we don't see things. Mm-hmm. On that mm-hmm. bright note, thank God there, we are surrounded <laughs> yes. by things, so. Amen. Yes. Lord, now let us, all thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes I seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, and light to enlighten and the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people, of Israel. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 We should have the books uh, next time for those who would like a physical copy to borrow it, okay?